Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Relationship Wednesdays. There's over here yeah. dancing. <laughs> Spring's here, folks. She's Dr. Noel and I'm Darren Noel. And this is Relationship Wednesdays. <laughs> and we're having a great time here. And we're glad to be back with you another Wednesday for Relationship Wednesdays right here on Powerful Radio. We look forward to talking to you guys every Wednesday. So, my name is Dr. Nefertiti Newell, and I do a range of things from individual therapy to public speaking. I run a thriving private practice in Naperville, Illinois, right outside of Chicago, and we do full behavioral health management. My focus here in the Wall Associates is really on uh, mock interviews, resume consults, career counseling, and life coaching. All right, absolutely. So tonight we're going to talk about love addictions, and, um, you know, spring is in the air. And when spring comes, the sun's shining a little bit. People just want to fall in love. They start looking for new, you know, new looks, new people, new love. And I want to talk a little bit about love addiction and love addicts and what that really means. Like some people joke around about being an addict or I just like being in love. But there's really such of a thing as a love addiction. Yes. And, you know, when it's obviously it's normal to love and want to be loved, things of that nature. But when it moves over to the addiction, when it becomes a need where you can't function uh, normally during your daytime without having this this uh, this feeling of love, and, and it's not the this no, euphoria, the euphoria, you know, where the birds are singing everywhere constantly, and if you don't have that, you're down and dumps. So the sex is great. I mean, that's another part of love addiction too. Like when people, the the very energetic beginning of a relationship, the first. 30 to 90 days, maybe even like four months, that that period of time right. where the love feels fresh and clean and good. All you're giving, everybody's just giving the, their best foot forward. And Absolutely. Everything is perfect. And uh, they want that feeling, they require that feeling constantly. Absolutely. Okay. So, so what's a love addiction? Um, so as Darren said, the desire to be loved is, is really normal. There's not a problem with the desire to be loved. It's the repetitive uh, starting up and ending of relationships to get that type of love that becomes a problem. So um, everybody knows that in the beginning of a relationship, it feels really good. And in a healthy, long-term relationship, you start off with that really good feeling, like I said, anywhere from 90 days to 100 days, you know, maybe six months, whatever you want to call the beginning. And then as the relationship matures, the love changes, so it's not going to be that heat passion all the time. It's going to be a more mature love, mature love. Excuse me, that's a little bit less intoxicating, a little bit less euphoric, but still really, really good. Right, and it's a, it's a stable, right? It's a sustainable. It's sustainable. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're not having the highs and the lows. And you know what? It needs are being met. Um, there's giving. There's taking. People are sharing. People are showing their true selves. Mm-hmm. Walls are coming down you know, and you're building something of strength that's going to last. So the difference between traditional people is just I want to be in love and I like that beginning feeling and a love addict is for those that are prone to love addiction, the loss of that initial euphoria is the same, sort of the same crash feeling that people have after they've used like an illicit drug or, or yes. they've gotten high. That initial feeling so good and then like a boom, like a drop. It's a, they drop a low, they're down, they're sulking, like, wait a minute, what's going on? Just like you say, when someone's coming off um, of a drug, they have that big low, and that's the same kind of addiction they have mm-hmm. with this love addiction. Right. And then the person craves that high again. They begin to search for another person 
to make them feel that way. Yes, that's correct. So, like, you feel so good that first first few months, and then you start to sort of see a change in behavior, which i.e. means that the other person's being realistic. Maybe they're not going to bed with makeup on. They're waking up. They got to bathe and whatnot. Maybe um, – maybe trouble starts to happen or there's some confrontation or there's some questions about whereabouts or it's not as easy as it used to be. So that person starts to wear off and they start looking for another person to be with. Now, here's a book you might want to check out. It's an older book written in 1988. It's called Love and Addiction by Stanton Teal, P-E-E-L-E, and Archie Brodsky, B-R-O-D-S-K-Y. They define love addiction as an unstable state of being marked by a compulsion to deny all that you are or have been in favor of a new and ecstatic experience. And so they they liken it to alcohol and drug addiction and talk about, you know, what the consequences of this addiction are. And let me be really clear with you. Any type of addiction, anything that anybody overindulges in always has a consequence. Yes, absolutely. Because you mean you're getting involved in it, and normally when you have addiction, there's going to be negative consequences. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. So it's something you want to watch out for. Yep, and then when people develop an addiction, you know, whether it's drugs, alcohol, medication, smoking, gambling, sex, you know, or even a love addiction, that person's come to rely on that addiction to function normally. Like that becomes what they need to feel good. Without that, they can't make it through a day. So these are people that you might see, you know, they're dating someone and that person just says, you know, it's over, they break up with them and there's phone calls. There's this sort of like a almost like a stalking behavior, a fetish about getting exactly what their needs needs are to be met instead of actually developing the relationship. Right, and you've seen that behavior with people even uh, uh, cigarettes, people abducted the cigarettes, the nicotine, um, alcohol, drugs, you know, they're sneaking over. They go, they're going around the corner because they got to get their hit. They got to get their fix. You know, that same thing, that kind of like, I got to reach out with this part. I got to tell you, I got to hold them right now. Whoa, what's going on? And then they're frantic about it. You know, they need that, that feeling of that love feeling. I'm not missing. I'm missing it. And, and, uh, and that's but, one extreme. There's also the guy that, or the girl that plays it cool, but on the inside they're freaking out because they don't have the euphoria they need. And this may this may look like you know the uncle that comes home you know from the service or whatever whatever he or she's doing. And every time you see them, every four months, five months, there's a new person in their life. Yes, yes. Never. So they may not be freaking out, but every time you see them, you go, oh, he's a party guy. You know, he always has a new person. But what you may be looking at is a love addiction. So I always want that, that euphoric feeling. To always look, you know, as soon as it starts to get a little old, too, uh, as soon as walls start coming down, as soon as transparency, someone starts to show transparency of really who they are, guess what? They're moving on to a new relationship. Absolutely. Start off, so let's, let's start the whole process all over again. Uh-huh. Ah, I've got that feeling, that sensation again. That's feeling good. You can get some more information on this from uh, a website we checked out. It's www.loveaddictiontreatment.com. Okay, and there's an article about what is love addiction. Feel free to check that out. All right. Let's talk a little bit. Now that we've given a definition, let's talk about kind of what may be the root cause of a love addiction. Yeah. Because that's a very important thing to take a look at. I think a lot of times we treat the symptoms of an addiction without always being able to get to a root cause. And sometimes if you can sort of hit a nerve and find out why something is happening, you may be able to transition from an addict to traditional ways that relationships work. So it's important to understand that love addiction has really little to do with love. Right. Okay? And it's actually really different than that. And a love addict is looking for, that looks like they're looking for love is really looking for acceptance, 
They may be scared of intimacy. There might be vulnerability. They're seeking the feeling of the intoxication or the infatuation rather than in love itself. That's really right. It's just that, that new relationship feeling. You got a new car, a new car smelling with one right. It's the feeling. Right. It's the same as, like, you know, there are tech addicts out there, too, people that uh, every time a new phone comes out, every six months they get a new one. There's nothing wrong with the new one. And it's the, old the, old, the old one. Again, it may be six months old, maybe eight months old, still functioning fine, you know, no issue, but, oh, there's a brand new one. I want to feel I've got the, the brand new thing. I'm the, the latest one. I just want that sensation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, um, a love addict is, may be driven by low self-esteem, a fear of abandonment, um, unmet emotional needs. They look to each person that they want to love, and I'm putting love up in close, to give them a sense of security, belonging, identity, validation, worthiness, purpose, whatever, fill in the blank there. They're looking for someone else to supply and fill every need that they have right. in an unrealistic way because we obviously know that no one can be all things to you. They're almost dependent on that person to give them that sensation. Mm-hmm. Okay, you need to make me feel this love sensation all around. It's your job. It's your job. It's your job to do this for me. Where the birds, you know, the flowers are everywhere. Every the, the bubbles everywhere. I just feel that. Ooh, this warm sensation of it. You need to give that to me. I, I'm not developing it within myself, my own self worth, or my own um, self, my own self awareness, my own self esteem building. That I need you to do this for me. Absolutely. And that feeling of it, the, somebody else has the dominion and control over their emotions is what the problem is with the addiction, right? So as soon as that person doesn't feel that need, whatever, then you probably, all of us have been in a relationship where someone says, you don't make me happy. Right. Right. And then they say, you know what, I'm not happy. Arguments ensue and a breakup happens. There's like a cycle that goes along with it. Um, they're looking for validation. They they believe that the new person will give everything that they need. And sometimes the demands can be excessive. Like a lot of people look at love addicts as needy, right? That person yes. that needs to, I need to be kind of with you, under you, around you, in your atmosphere at all times. I need to supersede. I want to be everything to you more than what your family is. I want to be that new. It's I have full access to you at all times. Right. Got you on uh, FaceTime or whatever it is. Anytime I'm texting you, calling you, you're going to answer. I don't care what you're doing at work. You're in a meeting. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure. I don't really care what you're doing. you got bad reception. you got to get a phone after the reception. So I need 24-hour access to you at all times. Correct. And the relationship is far more like a codependency than love. Like right. I need to, hey, I texted you. I didn't hear from you. What happened? There's right. a man. There's a. Um, a stressor put on, you give me what I want, or I'm not happy and I'll leave. Right, remember, I can't, the verse is saying, really, I can't necessarily function without you giving me this love feeling. It's hard for me to function in my day-to-day life if I, if you don't give me this feeling what this really person is saying. Correct. And they may not even be able to give you the love that they that they want from you. So the expectation right. of love that, they, that they're wanting required from their partner may not even be something that they can give. So in the beginning, it may seem like they can maintain it, but this is unsustainable. Right. This type of fireworks love is completely unsustainable. And so when the love object pulls away, so when the, when the person that's like the object of the addiction pulls away or disapproves of something or disagrees with the person that has a love addiction, that person can feel so negative that they may almost like like maybe there's a suicidal feeling or a abandonment abandonment feeling, or you are rejected me feeling. Absolutely, they'll, they'll kind of drop off. You know what? They may take off some time from work. They're not socializing anymore. They're kind of just down in the dumps, mm-hmm. right? And let me tell you, love addicts could be male or female, right? It, 
it doesn't yes. discriminate, right? Addiction right. doesn't always discriminate. So love objects, can, love objects can be male or female. Often they have like an underdeveloped sense of who they are, like they don't have a, a strong identity about who they are. They may present like they do. I want to be really clear That's that point. nothing's 100% like they're going to be weak and vulnerable and seem weak. Right. No. You can meet people with very strong personalities, very seemingly very confident. Because obviously, obviously they do come across like they can because they're getting in relationships. Right. Not like they're constantly alone. But obviously, they're bringing something to the table that something is causing other people to be attracted to them, at least initially. Mm-hmm. Right? So there are some positive qualities to them that's causing them to uh, to be have other people attracted to them because they're getting in these relationships. And they can... Do them frequently, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's three or four of these relationships in a year. Every quarter, here's another one, here's another one, here's another one. Mm-hmm. So they all bring something to the table, at least at first sight, mm-hmm. right? So every love addict is different, but I want to put out some um, traits. Again, you can find these traits of love addicts on loveaddictiontreatment.com, but feelings of worthlessness and or emptiness when alone, lacks a strong sense of purpose or direction, traction as love, regards romance as a need rather than a desire, appears to fall in love easily and frequently. That's a really big one. Goes to great lengths to avoid abandonment or rejection. A pattern of serial dating or serial relationships, right? And we've all got one person in our circle that is in a constant relationship with maybe 50 different people. As soon as you get to know, you get this other the person that they, you know, they come around, they come around to the next social event. There's another uh, fiance. Wait a minute. And I mean, and I, I have, I had a friend, a couple friends, right. that whoever they were dating at the time, this is my fiance. We're gonna get married. Soulmate. Right. Like I, I thought that the last guy was my soulmate. Although, although it was a time before that, the guy or the girl before that. Was but this, 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 this one for this. real. Like I know I've told you that, and I had a friend say, "Listen, I know I've told you this a hundred times." I'm like, "No, a hundred and fifteen. But it was, but Doc is this one. Is the one. Well, how do you know? I know because of the way I feel. When I, I just feel energy when I'm around him. Okay. When well, right. I met him last week, we right. knew at the right club. at the club, right? I knew. We locked gays at each other at the jam set, and I knew. The rest is it. You know, and so these things happen quickly. And let me say this. Even though someone's a love addict, that may not stop them from marrying you and staying with you, but they may still be pursuing that feeling from elsewhere. So when the feeling dies down, because if you meet somebody, get married, you plan a wedding, all of that is still the euphoria period, right? Yeah. It's not until bills sometimes have to be paid or, you know, other trouble life happens. Life happens. Um, and it may not even be trouble. It's right. the kind of thing where every encounter may not be orgasmic. I've got to go to work. I've got to travel for a job. I'm going to be out of town. I'm not going to be able to get in, keep in contact with you um, at the level we have been before. You're not going to get the full 24-hour acting. I'm out of touch for a little while. What? Yep, yep. And then they're, like, desperate to find somebody else. So if you've got to be out of touch, I have needs. See, I wouldn't have to do this if you would be here to fulfill my needs. Right. I.e., if you could do the impossible, then this wouldn't happen. Right. I'm in a new territory now. i got to travel some more, whatever the case may be. Yep. Here's another, uh, some other tips to, to know if you've got the traits of a love addict. Um, excuse me. Often has very dramatic and intense relationships that tend to fizzle out quickly, mm. you know. Um, difficulties with trust in relationships, periods of depression and melancholy, tendencies towards other types of addictions or compulsions, Um the tendency to deny that there's a problem, uses relationships to avoid underlying emotional pain. So here, this is a good one because we see this a lot. A person 
breaks up with a new fiance. Right. And within two weeks at the coffee shop, they've met somebody new. Right. And they've started fresh, and they won't even, they're locked here, they won't even separate from their side in that moment. Like, they just can't leave alone. And let me also say this. A lot of times people don't know they're dealing with a love addict because they're also needy. So a, a guy may be a love addict. He meets a woman, and that woman's kind of needy. So any kind of attention he gives her, she really, really eats it up and likes it. So then in turn, she gives him a lot of attention. And then she may mistake that for a love when it's really dependency. Wow, that's cool. Because they could both people here have issues of some form of Correct. It's not even necessarily issues, but because we have such a technical world, people are starting to get very lonely in their own skin. So a lot of people are texting and Facebooking and tweeting, but not communicating in the sit-down and talk to each other face-to-face. And each generation is a little bit different. You know, some generations, Facebook and all this stuff is coming. It was invented while you were here. Other folks, you woke up and here it is, and now I'm on it. And so that may be what you're used to. Nonetheless, a lot of relationships are changing because a lot of folks don't have the same hand-on-hand conversations, face-to-face conversations. So folks are needy for or needing or wanting or desiring that intimacy. Okay. Some other things. Um, You may be consumed or obsessed with finding love when not in a relationship. In other words, always on the prowl, always looking for somebody. Um, Maybe overly pleasing or controlling. It can go either way. So, hey, your identity has completely changed and a new guy comes along because you are in love with being in love. So if he need, oh, he needs this, I'll give him that. So whoever he needs me to be, he or she needs me to be, I'm going to become that person for them. Correct. Right? So because really, I'm not really, I don't have a strong sense of who I am, the values. I am whatever needs to be so I can have this love feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay? Need to relationship to feel happy or whole. Can't tolerate being alone. In other words, if they're not in a relationship for any period of time, they're freaking out. Again, lack of strong personal identity quickly becomes depressed or despairs when a relationship ends, has a hard time uh, knowing the difference between desires versus real needs, confuses sex with love. Now, that's a tricky one because a lot of people that aren't love addicts can just, right, that one right there, hmm, don't know. Um, you know, but, but usually when we say tendencies, that means that four or more of these things are things that you see constantly in a person. Okay. But anybody can, like, uh, have any one of these, you know, for a little bit, oh, yeah. but not all the time. Has a heart, I mean, confused sex with love, then here's another one. May appear to be together even though he or she is not. So, in other words, appears that everything's going good, everything's okay, everything's all right. But, but looking good, right, fully functional, can have a conversation with you. Oh, this person, again, someone I would like to get to know better. Right. So not not many people have love addicts on their forehead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not like, oh, that there's a love addict over there in the corner. Right. It's people tend to, with addictions, you learn how to fit in. You learn how to lie about what's happening. You learn how to act like it's not a problem. You can deny it. I mean, there's just so many different ways. And no two people are identical. But be on the lookout for these things. So do a check within yourself to see are you kind of, are you addicted to love, so to speak? You know, so a couple things to talk about. Here's a cycle, here's a possible cycle of the way, um, you know, a love addiction can start. So, you know, you got a guy or a girl, and the first stage is an attraction. They see somebody that they just feel like they've got to have. This is coming from uh, recoveryranch.com, okay, an article about relationship cycles for love addicts. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Doc. So the first thing is um, an attraction that they can't pull back from. Like it was kids met Dr. Noel. I saw her. He saw me. 
you know, I knew that this was the one to, like, get that person to be involved with you, the excitement of, oh, wow, I'm going to be their love object and they're going to be mine, that kind of a feeling. Then there's the the um, the relationship actually starts, and so the euphoria is there. Um, things seem to be going really good and, 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 like, there's some happiness there. But then it gets too long. It gets too mature. There's too many responsibilities put on the person. And then you start to see damage control. This is before the relationship collapses. You may see, um, you know. And it can either get in now where you're actually sharing information. It, the person's sharing who they are, and they want to know who you are. Okay, what are your dreams and goals? Okay, what do you feel passionate about? Like, oh, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Now we're getting about, you know, some of the uh, the flowers are starting to settle in. Right, hey, you have needs. And you have needs. And, but now but now they're trying to find out more about you. You know, again, more responsibility could be coming up in a relationship. Now we're trusting things. You know, trust is coming up. Well, that, that's too much. You know, that that's too much. That's too mature. Um, like, can we just say warm and fuzzy? Wait a minute. So they don't want to go too far, get too mature in the relationship. Absolutely. It goes too deep. A um, couple questions. Let's go over these while we still have about ten minutes left. So the first question says, I'm married, but I date. Other men, so wait, let me, I think I'm reading the punctuation mark. It says, I'm married, but I date other men. Before you judge me, do you know that I've tried to stop, but I enjoy the energy from adoration and positive feedback or compliments. My husband doesn't do this. What should I do? I'm going to read the question again. Yeah. I'm married, but I date other men. Before you judge me, do know that I've tried to stop, but I enjoy the energy from adoration and positive feedback or compliments. My husband doesn't do this. What should I do? I would talk to your husband. I would offer to say I'm dating other men, and I say, hey, you know, honey, I really need to spice up our. I think we really need to spice up our relationship. I like the time, and I don't know if you were dating before, so you know what? I like maybe if you did, hey, I like the time when we were first dating before we got married. We used to go out a lot. We had some uh, dates on a regular basis. We had some more spontaneity in relationship. I, I need that to come back in our relationship. I'm really missing that. Yeah. You know, first of all, um, you ever watch a TV show? There's these TV shows that each episode is more shocking than the last. Oh, sure. And the first episode is good, so people get attached to it. Then the second episode, maybe they have to kill everybody. Then the third episode, maybe they have to infest everybody. Then the fourth episode, maybe every, right, everybody's <laughs> dead mother returns. Then the fifth episode, their moms get infected, and they come back, and they all have sex. Like, you know, it's like this huge uh, 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 right. Uh. Relationships aren't like that. And so, first of all, I agree with Darren, talk to your husband, but the first thing I'm going to tell you to do is take a look at yourself. What do you need? What is it about the adoration that makes you feel more complete? Because you can go to your husband and say, I mean, I just did, hey, Darren, I need you to do more of this, this, and this. Well, he's got a lot on his plate. I might He might do it for a week or two, but now it's back to business as usual. So you can have that conversation, but before you have that conversation, I'm going to encourage you to take stock of yourself. Mm. Find out what ha- what's going on inside of you that you don't feel like you're getting the adoration that you need, and you can't give it to yourself. And no, I don't just mean stand in the mirror and say I'm beautiful. I get that we all need someone to say, hey, babe, you know, you look really nice in that dress. But what is it about you that you're not getting that from other avenues of your life? Are you getting accolades from your job? Are you? Then what are you doing to, to kind of fill some of these needs for yourself before you say to someone else, I need you to adore me more? Mm-hmm. Do you like you? Okay. You know, so that's the first thing to do. The other thing is 
I'm going to say to reach out and get some help from somewhere. Look us up online, the womanassociates.com, N-O-W-E-L-L, and associates.com. But wherever you are, look up and get some help to talk about some of the more deeply rooted issues. As we talked about in the beginning, we were defining love addiction. It, the root causes are generally some feelings of lack, feeling the X, whatever that is. You didn't get what you got or you got too much of what you wanted and now you can't get enough. Whatever it is, it's coming from somewhere. Get that together within you. Talk to someone about that so you can have a long-term solution. And then in these relationships, when you can, I mean, I'm going to say today, but in them with help. And and then, you know, in the meantime, have a conversation with your husband about you're working on you because you just can't come to someone because that's, that's what an addict would do, right? It's your fault. I don't feel loved. You don't give me enough compliments. I feel taken for granted. And I get all of that. But if it gets that way again, if he can't give you enough compliments, will you go out looking again? If the answer is yes, that that kind of is part of the addiction. Next question. It says, um, I always judge my father because he dated many women. However, now I'm behaving in the same way. I have at least 10 women that I'm involved with. I enjoy the feeling of getting to know a new person. I know it's a problem, but I'm not sure how to stop. Can this behavior be inherited? All right, good question. So first of all, I don't have an answer for whether or not this behavior can be inherited. There's a lot of new research on all types of things that we inherit from our from our parents, even when we were not raised by biological parents. But this much I do know. You can learn a lot from what you see around you, what people accept, what goes on, and then you can respond in like manner or pull, a, pull yourself away from it and um, behave in that manner or not behave in that manner. But either way it goes, I feel like you're overextended. If you've got 10 women that you're involved with um, and you like the feeling of getting to know new people, we're not just talking about friends. You're saying that you're dating 10 separate right. women. That's just a lot. And, and yeah. that means to me, you there is no way that I can believe that you have meaningful relationships and deep, mature relationships with 10 separate women. It's almost impossible, right, because you can't give yourself out really to that many people at one time. Right. Okay? Now, I don't necessarily see the problem with Dating more than one person at that time, especially if you're not in an intimate relationship, you're kind of casual, you may be talking to one or two people, you know, because, you know, you're not, you're starting a relationship, you're not going to be committed to this one person. Hey, unless you may have to talk to you a little so, bit. Dude, even there, before you yeah. finish that, 10 women that you're dating even like no, I said, I said 10 is a lot. 10 is a lot. Well, when we were dating, how many other people were you likely dating? Well, when we started dating, I was... I was at the you point. You passed the players. Yes, yes, yes. I'm looking. Okay. You passed the players. Well, I'm saying, but I have dated more than one woman. One woman at a time. Okay, by time, obviously before you. But I, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Here's the thing. Obviously, you have an issue with this, sir, because you're saying that you saw your father do the same thing, and you used to judge him and be angry about it, and now you're behaving the same way. So I think there's a couple things going on. One, you're realizing that it's probably not as easy as you thought it would be to domesticate your own needs and your own boundaries. But the second thing I'm going to tell you is if you're writing in, you are identifying it as an issue. So I'm not going to brush it off and say, oh, it's okay to date more than one person. Clearly this is an issue for you. So if it is, again, just like I said to the first person that wrote in, figure out what the problem is. Figure out what needs are not getting met and how and why you're trying to get them met by different people so quickly, so fast, so many people at one time. What are you so hungry for that you didn't get? Okay. You know, that's the, that's the avenue that I'm going to take with. So both of these are more self-reflection. 
both of them. It's not just reflection. It's figuring out what's going on, reaching out to get some support and some help, and putting some things in place to give you the things that you need. Okay. So, like, um, do, if you need more adoration, maybe you should join a sport, play something, get some people rooting for you, you know, those kinds of things. Maybe you need to do some things that you can be adored for, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you need to be um, more forthright with the people that you're with. Hey, let, let me tell you, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. I like to get to know new people. I'm not trying to have relationships. You know, honesty is really, really important, and you may get some rejection. But part of the issue with telling people what's really going on with you is you may not be able to handle that rejection. And that's why I said if you're using people um, for their love and the euphoria, then you probably need to seek some counseling help so that that person can help with the stability while you kind of manage what you've got going on in the background. Okay, so seek some professional help to really help guide you, Absolutely. help guide the person through this process. Through your own decision, right? right? Yeah. Um, the next comment says, the shame of having multiple partners is getting to me. Should I come clean to my wife? You know, that's a really good question. First of all, you sent your wife, and, and currently um, most folks have one spouse, right? right, you know? And so what I'm going to tell you is that you need to, again, figure out what's happening that you cannot bridle your knees and have one person. And then, yes, I do believe honesty is a very good policy, but let me say this to you. There's consequences for your honesty. So you may tell your wife this expecting a forgiveness or a, a, I understand, but she may say, I want a divorce. Right. Absolutely. You no, know, so, no so know that there will be consequences for it. I think I don't want you to have to live with the shame, nor do I want you to expose your wife to things that, like, you know, are, are out of her control, too, because if you're with multiple partners, that means you're opening her up for different types of infections and trouble and partner. I mean, it's even drama. Today, people hunt each other down and beat each other up. So so what I'm going to suggest you do is figure out, again, take stock and assessment of yourself, tell the truth, but know that there are going to be consequences. Well, thanks, folks. Have a great week. All right. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.